<coughs> Morning, friends. It was. And fans are getting me. <laughs> so we're happy to be here this morning just for a few moments to, to speak with you. And I don't think Brother Neville ever has any certain place in the scriptures where he's going to have Sunday school. So we just maybe just let the Holy Spirit, as we feel led, uh, to start wherever he desires or what chapter we're to read from. I kind of like it that way. There's no regular routine about it and nothing formal. We just receive it as from the Lord and go right ahead. And um, I've been pretty busy. We had a lovely meeting at Cato Tabernacle. And, uh, most lovely part of it, besides the healing, to my opinion, was uh, last night the altar call where the hundreds poured down the line there and packed all the altar space out in every aisle and up and down the sides and for people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the main thing after all, is see people being born again, coming into the presence of God. And uh, <clears throat> see the little group here, we don't have any denomination or no membership, we just have fellowship one with another. What comes in, we preach the gospel to them. I just want to recognize this morning two brethren in the back that I know very well, uh, two dear friends of mine, Brother Sossman from Canada, he and his friend, and I'm from up in, I believe, the, the Candyman. What is the place you live, brother? I can't. And then the brother next to you there, uh, where? Oh, that's right. Eating his candy coming down the road, I should have known where he lived at, didn't I? So we're very grateful to have them in today as our visiting friends with us. They're fixing, I think, to go on to Canada now, and they come on over to the next meeting, which will be at beginning this week, the latter part of this week, and uh, the 23rd at uh, Minneapolis, the Christian Businessman. Thursday night I'll be in Chicago at the Chicago Gospel, or I believe it's the Philadelphian Church um, for thir- this coming Thursday night in Chicago. This afternoon we're supposed to be at Junior Cash. It's about 2 o'clock now for everything works around right for the dedication of that tabernacle. And I think he said he had some mutes that the words got around about the mutes being healed at Indianapolis, which had born the mute, was about 28 years old and never spoke or heard. And they're bringing some mutes in there this afternoon. If I can just get into it now to pray for them. And that's on 103, Old State Road 3, at the, just above Charleston. If I can possibly get there, I've got some mighty strenuous things and got to run over to do right away until then uh, tomorrow down got to go down in Kentucky on a trip it kind of keeps pretty busy but uh, after I get through these meetings now I got a little time I have a little vacation I'll be back in about six weeks I'm going to Tanzania and over to the west coast <clears throat> so be in prayer for me I got lots of decisions to make right away so real important decisions so you pray for me I'll be depending on you to pray for me now the services tonight is our dear beloved pastor, Brother Neville, who has always been inspiration. And to come in of a morning, I thought he'd come in, sit down, and listen to him speak. But he's one man that's got a lot of courtesy. <laughs> he just he wants someone he prefers. I think that's scripture, preferring one another. You see, I, I like that, and I'm sure we're all happy of Brother Neville, our pastor, being that type of person. What a man is he is at his heart. You see that. And he expressing himself like that shows what he is. Now, being kind of on, well, I 
frankly, I'd just been up about 35 minutes, so then I kind of in the muddle here what to start on. I got three places picked out here in the scripture. Got one on on First Peter, the other one on the book of Jude, and one on Revelation. Now we're going to go to start. I just kind of. May the Lord help us now and bless us greatly and abundantly as we look to Him. <clears throat> and so, I hope that fan doesn't cut too much draft from anyone, does it? Or I think that's mostly for the pulpit, isn't Brother Cox this year? Yeah, well, I'm sure glad. It, it does me a lot of harm. <laughs> this uh, uh, was no covering on top of my head. May, the women supposed to have a covering up there, but not, I guess, the man or not. <laughs> to come out and the pores never closed up behind uh, where the hairs come out and just the least draft, and I'm hoarse in a few minutes. <laughs> so I have to kind of watch that. Old age just does something to you, doesn't it? <laughs> well, over, let's try the book of, um, I'm afraid I'll get too deep as I try to get into the book of Jude here because it was on the game stay in a Koran. And running at the Arab, Balaam, and perishing again, Santa Corps, which will probably take us a long time. We want to pray for the sick that's here this morning. Let's turn over to Revelation and uh, start there just for a verse or two to get a little background and teach for a few minutes till the kiddies come out. And we'll close and have prayer for the sick right away. Now, the book is the last book of the Bible, and there's no one in here. This same book said that no man in heaven or on earth or beneath the earth was worthy or able to take the book to open it or to loose the seals or anything. No man, archbishop or whoever he may be, he's not worthy and had no way of doing it. And then the lamb came that was slain before the foundation of the world and took the book out of the right hand of him and set upon the throne, and for he was worthy, and he opened it and loosed the seals. So let's just ask him if he'll loose it to us this morning and open it while we bow our heads just a moment. Our Heavenly Father, today we're grateful to Thee for the privilege of coming to Thee in the way of prayer and for believing and having a faith that Thou will honor whatever we ask, because not because it's we asking, but because we're obeying what You said, ask shall receive. You have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. And Father, we love to ask you because we believe that we will receive that what we've asked for. And the first thing, Father, for my own sins and the sins of this congregation this morning, I humbly ask forgiveness of all of the sins of disobedience and sins of omission and whatever it might be, we pray, God, that you'll cleanse our hearts and souls just now from all iniquity, all sin, trespasses, and let the Holy Spirit just renew in us a right kind of a heart and mind to serve you. Grant it, Father. We pray that you'll heal all the sick and afflicted, and by the word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And may the Holy Spirit now come in and take a hold of the Word. Take it right out into those new, fresh, clean hearts out there. And plant it there with great faith that will just move them higher, higher up the road until they are in the presence of the Lord Jesus and receive their healing blessings that they're asking for. For that's what we come for. 
is to pray to thee and to ask thee and to be cleansed and scoured out and, and healed and set back in the service again, Lord, to serve you in every little corner that thou hast sent us to. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus, God's Son. Amen. The book of Revelation was the sealing of the last testimony of the Lord Jesus. And it was given, the first chapter we'll start at, I was thinking maybe we'd have start over in some of the other symbols. Now, the whole book is written by symbols. There's hardly anything just direct with a word where you just place it out. It's by symbols. And God has a way of doing that and a reason for doing it. God does nothing without he has a reason behind it. And would anybody, this is a class now, would anybody have a thought the reason he did that? Here it is. So he could hide it from the eyes of the wise and prudent and would reveal it to babes such as would learn it. Isn't he kind to do us that way? Now, if the great scholars and so forth had all the, all the gospel and the way they set it down, we'd just have to bow to that, and then they'd go out here and make all kinds of traditions and things, and we'd have an awful time. And they'd get it with their, speak it in their scholarly way till why, they'd be going over our heads, and we wouldn't even know nothing about it. But we're so thankful that our kind Heavenly Father had mercy on the poor and the illiterate, as I am myself, to promise me and to you that if we would just sit down and ask, that he would reveal himself to us. Isn't that wonderful? All of our creeds and all of our emotions and everything that we've got, all those are just added. There's only one thing that any person has to do to know Christ, believe on the Lord Jesus with all thy heart. I shall be saved. So now we have forms of baptisms and we have different creeds and different things that we do and little things set up, but that's all man-made. Just where we've taken this and had a little issue out of it and over here make a little issue, the Presbyterians and the Evangelicals and the Fundamentals and so forth and the Pentecostals and the Holiness and the Calvinists, and they all have a little theory that they pet them and they make doctrines out of that one. Really, the only thing is believe on the Lord Jesus. Amen. Search the scriptures. There they to testify me, said Jesus. Now, how simple it is then, no matter how, how illiterate, that's uneducated, any person might be, they can be just as saintly and godly as an archbishop. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? No matter how downcast you are, whether you're or whether you're a potentate or whether you could be a streetwalker, God loved just the same and died just as much for the prostitute as he did for the potentate. You go to thinking of those things, then it, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes the whole mental attitude, changes your opinion towards God. Sometimes you're being just leaning a little to the election sake, and that's the reason I turned away this morning from Peter because Last few times you have been hitting elections so hard, I thought maybe get away from that just for a little bit, because you think I don't want to go to seeds on nothing. But the thing that I was thinking of here, someone says, Brother Branham, if God election, yes, and if he's called to election, 
Well, then, my, just the thing I wish you. Well, that shows you haven't been elected. <laughs> because you would love him so much to think that, that he loved you so much when you were unlovable. And before you had anything to do with it, he chose How could you turn anything down like that? Well, it looks to me like that would just set, that would set a election so much higher than, than law. It would, uh, or it would set a legalistic idea. Why, it would just go beyond anything to think that when I was unlovable, he loved me. To think when I had nothing I could do about it, he picked me up and saved me by his grace. I surely should be grateful enough to serve him and love him. So that's the way we feel about him when we count the blessings over and think, what if God said, now, just those who has um, a high school diploma or at least two degrees of college can ever be my disciples. Well, what would we poor, illiterate people do? Or my, I'm talking to myself and I'll say, we, I mean in my, me and my family. See? What would we do? What would any of us do? What would your poor little housewives do? What if you said just the clergy is going to be saved, just the ministry, that's all. The rest of them, just, uh, he's just to set an example and make them people try to live halfway right. What would you poor little housewives do and all you? You'd be lost. What if he just said the white race is going to be saved, that's all. The dark race, the brown race, the yellow race, nobody's got anything to do with it. They're all lost. Wouldn't that be terrible? I'm so glad he said whosoever will. Just let him come. No matter young, holy, literate, black, white, brown, anything, just come. Drink from the fountains of the Lord freely. Don't have to pay a thing for it. Not a thing. And remember, after the invitation given, still you can't come until he calls you in the lecture. Amen. That's right. No man can. Here's he says, the fountain's free for everybody. And no man will come except my father calls him first. And then when a knock comes and says, I'm inviting you to come sup with me, children, come on. How could you turn it down? That's what looks to me like mental deficiency. <laughs> to, to turn an invitation down like that after the kind heavenly Father. Not just to have fellowship here, but to be saved forever. Amen. To live with Him in the bountiful uh, of his mer- the boundaries of his mercy and in his glory and to swap this old carnal mind for a pure, holy, sanctified one Amen. and to swap this old frail body that's dwindling away and swap it for an immortal one which Amen. will never fail and receive a crown that will never fade away and swap death for life to swap Amen. hell for heaven to swap gloom for happiness, oh my, and bid you come. How couldn't you turn it down? How could you turn it down? It's terrible to think of the very thought of turning it down, isn't it? And oh my, I love to see God heal his children, certainly, don't get me wrong. But one reason I've been noticing, if you notice lately, I've been trying everywhere I go, when I get an invitation to press in to preach just a little bit. I've let out on my preaching and putting too much on just the anointing and working on the, the eternal part of the supernatural, rather, that when the see visions, they're wonderful, and I thank God for it, but yet the preaching of the Word is a million miles beyond that. When I see the lame walk, the blind see, the other night, when that lady who was uh, sitting there with paralyzed with arthritis and dying in the seat where she was sitting. 
And the Lord Jesus with his mercy showed a vision over, called her out of that chair. Her doctor came to me in my room and said, Reverend Branham, I want to ask you, what did you do? I said, nothing. It was her faith in the Lord Jesus. How we all love that. How we love it. To see the deaf and dumb born, deaf and dumb to a world that's never spoken or heard, just sit there like a stump. And then to hear that person stand up and talk and hear. That's wonderful. But oh, nothing like to see a lost soul come weeping their way down to the altar, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The mute will die again. The paralytic will die. All the sick will get sick again and die. But that soul is saved is saved for eternity, forever. Never to perish. He that heareth my words, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting eternal life, and shall never come into judgment, but done already, passed from death unto life, because they believed on the Lord Jesus. That's marvelous. All that art just was set in a reaction of love that would just spread all over the world. That's what Jesus intended it to do, the gospel to all the world. It should change the human hearts till they can't sleep day and night until people are being saved. Look at Paul, a prisoner, he said of the Lord Jesus, a Jew sent to the Gentile. His people excommunicated him as quickly as he turned to the Gentile. See? But he became a prisoner of the Lord Jesus. Like it would be in Africa. The white man so degrades the, the colored man there. Until if you're even caught associating, oh my, how horrible, see? Calling them all kinds of names, don't even believe they got a soul, many of them. And to think that a white man then being called, a man like Paul was called to the salvation of that man. Thank God it's not in America and many other countries, but I'll say in that. Maybe to the yellow man. Go in your own. And Paul said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus, but he said, I magnify my office in the Lord. <laughs> How the love of God constrained him to go amongst the unclean Gentiles who were considered dogs. But Paul said, I magnify my office in the Lord because he's given me the opportunity to go minister to the dogs otherwise. Jesus himself regarded the Gentile woman like we are, us people here. There's the open woman. I said, it's not me to take the children's bread and give it to the dog. She said, that's true, Lord. But the dogs are willing to eat the scraps that falls from the master's table. That got him. <laughs> that woke up the Holy Spirit, knowing that soon the Jews' eyes was to be blinded and he was to turn them to the Gentiles. I want to give you a little secret. The Lord has blessed me greatly, and to whom I give praise for praying for the sick. And I have watched it through these years, and I have found it to be the absolute truth. I can never, never get my prayer through till actually I get right into the real fellowship with the person praying for. You've got to get down and feel that person's condition. Here not long ago, down in Mexico, poor old Mexican man, black, 
hair gray and his mustache gray, never had a, probably a decent meal in his life. And there he comes to the platform, Catholic by faith, moving around with a little shawl over him, no shoes on, his feet wrinkled. He's asking for me. And when he knelt down before me, I picked him up with the hands. He reached to find his beads and old wore-out looking beads. He rubbed over him so much to say his prayers. I said, that's not necessary, Dad. You don't have to do that. Just put that away just for a minute. Interpreter telling him. Then he fell around to me. I said, just come here, Dad. I want you to believe on the Lord Jesus. And he put his old hands up. He got over my shoulders and leaned his head across my shoulders. I looked down at them old wrinkled feet, dusty, dirty. I slipped off one of my shoes and see if it fit him. I'd really go barefoot and see him walk off. See, my heart went to him. He's blind. Now there's when you really get into it. All of our culture will fail. All of our signs will fail. All of our gifts will fail. But love never faileth. That's what takes the whole of the grip. I thought, poor old fellow, about the age my daddy would be at his living. And I thought, maybe he's got a child here somewhere. And he was mumbling off something, and the interpreter didn't give it to me. And I looked at the old fellow, and I just couldn't, not in my eyes, but in my heart, I could just like teardrops dropping. Poor old thing. I thought he probably never had a good meal in his life. Ragged, and I entered in with him. I entered into his affliction. I thought, besides being poor, besides his condition and his affliction, all that yet in a dark world, can't see, blind. Thought, oh God, what if that was my daddy standing there? Then I got the feeling of, of him. I said, Heavenly Father, be merciful to this poor blind man. It wasn't praying in my head. There's something in my heart praying for that. See? Well, love. And I heard him going, oh, wow, oh, 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 oh. And there were the Mexicans, by the tens of thousands of screaming. I wonder what it was. He was screaming, I can see, I can see. There, he turned around and knelt down and started rubbing my shoe or trying to pat me on the foot. And I raised him up and he run up down there. Old fellow, two sort of, oh, 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 I can see, I can see. What was it? Entering into the fellowship with him. Love. That's what does it. No strange, just pure, unadulterated love. That'll beat all the gifts of laying on our hands. That'll beat all the interpretations and speaking with tongues. That'll be all the... Uh, I'd say the melodious voices of singing, that'll be everything if you'll just enter into the love of God with the person you're trying to win to the Lord Jesus. Well, you say, Brother Branham, I don't pray for the sick. I've got a person. All right, if he's unsaved, just don't make it up. The Holy Spirit knows better than that. Don't you be a hypocrite. You really mean it. And you get to studying about that poor lost friend of yours. Until you just simply can't stand it day and night. You've just got to go to him in love. Watch what the Holy Spirit will do. 
He'll pull him right to you every time. The love of God constrains us. See, I have never even got to the text, and here it's time for me clothes. The kid is coming out. Let's read one verse anyhow. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him. I love that, don't you? The revelation. What is a revelation? It's something revealed. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what this Bible is. This Bible is to reveal Jesus Christ. Genesis reveals Christ. Exodus reveals Christ. Oh, my. I get back in there and I go to getting religious right away or feeling that. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, all of them, everything, even in Neoma, Ruth, Job, all of them is a revelation of Jesus Christ, that in him might dwell the fullness that covers all space and all time, and all that eternity holds is Jesus Christ, and all these little things here is just seeds. To that great meeting day when the human race will be introduced in the resurrection to the Lord Jesus. The revelation, God revealing. The tree reveals Jesus Christ. The flower reveals Jesus Christ. The sanctified life reveals Jesus Christ. Sure. Say, how could the flower reveal Jesus Christ? It dies in the fall and rises in the spring. Amen. It serves its place on earth and beautifies. It opens up its little heart like that. It says, past by the Oh, isn't that wonderful? What an odor. What an aroma to smell the flower. And a bee comes by and says, I'll take my part out. The sightseer comes by and takes his part out. And he calls day and night to keep radiant to give himself out to somebody else. No wonder Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field. How they call me to do his fit. And yet, I tell you, the child of all his glory was not arrayed like that. Then the lily was revealing Christ. He was called the lily of the valley. The rose of Sharon. Sit. How Mr. Lilly, Pastor Lilly, he's a wonderful school, uh, wonderful Bible teacher, Mr. Lilly is. He gets down into the valley, the dark place. He pushed himself up through the darkness of the earth. So what to do? To glorify himself, to glorify everything that comes in contact with him. And he has to toil day and night to keep his radiance, the beauty, to keep the perfume of flowing. He pulls day and night from the earth to get out. Amen. That's what a real Christian does. Amen. You pray and humble yourself and keep before God day and night in order you might give yourself to somebody else. Amen. Not what you keep, it's what you give that counts. You must give yourself out to others. That's the way Jesus did. He gave himself to others. And this revelation of him here, the last revelation written, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto the servants things which will shortly come to pass. 
This is the last book. And he sent his angels to signify it. Sent to signify it by his angels unto his servant, John. My, how we could deal there a week. Notice, it's a revelation, this book is. To the servants of God for the last time, when the time is at hand, when this book will be revealed. Now, over in the book, we find out that the book was closed and shut up and sealed until the end time. Through the ages that have tried it, remember the Bible that was taken out of the hand of God, sitting on his throne, it was closed and sealed with seven seals on the back. And no man in the heavens and earth, nowhere, was worthy to take the book or to loose the seals or even look thereon. But the Lamb come and open it. You remember Daniel? Daniel, at the end time, he saw his last vision at the closing of his ministry. A vision seer. And look here, sent his angel. About 60 some odd years. After Pentecost, here he's sending his angel to signify things that must shortly come to pass. Now, when was the book of Revelations ever wrote? The first place it was wrote before the foundation of the world. And John, only by the Holy Spirit, filled heart, you see, angelic beings so shaped together. Oh, I hope you get that. That just dropped right down. Breathe. Look. And if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, then you're a candidate for association with the unseen world and the supernatural. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They've never come in contact. They've got nothing in here to believe with. But when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart quickly, He becomes then a a twofold being, one of the earth to die and one of heaven to live. Amen. In his body he's still subject to death, but in his soul he's passed from death unto life. In his body he has his earthly contact with his five senses. In his spirit he has a contact with God through the Holy Ghost. And the angels of God visits them then speaks with them and they are messengers sent from God to reveal and to bring messages from God to the individual. You've got to get the first thing first. You can't put the cupola on before the foundation's laid. So we've got to remember that. Put first thing first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. Angels sent to signify these things. Daniel, when he was closing his ministry, a great prophet, there was an angel that followed him. And the angel told Daniel, said, You are beloved before God. And uh, Daniel couldn't talk perhaps face to face with God, but God sent an angel as an inter- intermediate between him and God that he could talk between them and bring Angel, the very word angel means a messenger. If a boy would run at the door, knock at the door there and tell the usher, I have a telegram here for 
Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so. He would be a messenger or earthly angel. Your pastor, when he stands here on the platform ministering the Word of God, he is God's angel to the church. Messenger to the church. Therefore, a pastor should never leave that word but stay straight with the word because he's feeding the shepherd's place. The, the word pastor means shepherd. Look it up and find out that ain't right. A pastor is a shepherd, and the Holy Ghost has made him overseer over a certain flock to feed them. What with? The word of God. Amen. Oh, my. What a. Watch all those names, they mean something. Every name in the Bible, and you see one name in the Bible, it means something. Did you know Israel's wives, when they gave birth to the twelve patriarchs, each one of those mothers, when they were uh, having the baby, and the baby was being born, and then groaning, the groans that they came out and named those boys and the very groans that they give signified the nature of the child and the place that make their final resting place. Every groan, amen, under the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason we should be groaning in the Spirit. Not, I don't mean a lot of this put on, but I mean really in travail for the church. Then the Holy Spirit, then you can get some real speaking with tongues and interpretation. The Holy Spirit making utterance and healthy groans and prayers. Be real truth, too. There'll be something right now that you'll see take place. Then Daniel, posing at the last, he's seen an angel come down, put one foot on the land and one on the sea. A rainbow over his head. He raised up his hands and swore by him that lives forever and ever that time shall be no more. At the finishing of that time that he had told him. In other words, this the body of time that we're living in now. From the time and coming of the prince until this day. And said, at that time, the mystery of God should be finished. And the world groaning, waiting today. People don't know the mystery of God. Why, they've not been taught the mystery of God. The only thing they've been taught, join church, put your name on the book, be a good fellow, treat your neighbor right, that's all right. But you must know the mystery of God. No man can reveal it to you. But the one that had the book in the Bible said, no man can call Jesus the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. Amen. This grand old Holy Ghost church is going to come out one of these days and shine like you've never seen. And this great evangelical paper where archbishops and everything write in, a great writer, Mackay, one of the greatest in the whole world, on a great article in his paper this month said, if the Catholic or the Protestant church every finds God, it'll set at the feet of Pentecost and learn it. Amen. Amen. God's not knowing by theology. He's knowing by the new birth being born again. The Pentecostal church has accepted and believed and don't care who thinks anything about it, they've accepted it. 
Now the devil put some counterfeits in there, throw some drainage over on the side, and the evangelical church points to the drainage and points over the top of the real genuine born-again Pentecostal church. With all the signs and wonders. They're there, but the devil's got his counterfeits, which the Bible said he would have. But remember, Daniel was told by the angel, Daniel heard seven thunders. They uttered their voices. Daniel grabbed his pen and started to write. And the angel said, Don't you write it? <laughs> Are you ready? Let's get into it just for about the next five minutes. Hey. Listen. Don't you write it? John saw the same thing and it had already been written outside of the Bible and had seven seals on the back of the book. That no man could open those seals out of them voices. There's a Bible written, which is a mystery itself. But on the back side of the Bible, the revelations and so does Daniel say that there's seven voices to be uttered. That no man could open. No man knows what it was. But the Bible said, and it told Daniel and also John, that in the last days, these Seven voices would be known by the real true church. Do you get it? Can you see where the false and counterfeit is trying their best to keep great men from places like that? Amen. Yesterday before yesterday afternoon, one of the greatest evangelical men in the whole world sat in my room crying. Amen. And receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. To make arrangements with Billy Graham to come to my house as soon as he comes to Louisville. I got his name and thing here to come over to seek and talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and his power. Amen. Now, I'm not quoting this. Billy said, sitting one place, a woman standing crying with a big guard in his neck, and something struck him, and he's rushed forward to pray for her, and he said, What's happened to me? Amen. Oh, my. God in this last days is going to draw true hearts from everywhere. Amen. No matter how much counterfeit and chaff the devil has, God will rise his church right out of it. Amen. It'll be a phoenix as sure as I'm standing in this platform. And the hour is at hand. The cold and farm of weeding away. The evangelical, the social gospel, and all these other things are gone. The fantastic side is going in such radical fanaticism till anybody blind could see it. But God is pulling his church out. Like the great water lily through a little tiny seed born way down in the bottom of a miry, mucky, dirty, frog scummy pond. And it winds its way up through the darkness. To all the mud and all the scum and becomes the brightest thing that you ever looked into the face of with a radiance like the sunshine. So is the church of the living God Amen. that's been born down in a bunch of fanaticism and chaos. But she's wound her way through the grind until she's on top of the thing now spreading forth her wings. For the fly. Many shall run to and fro. And the people that know their God shall do exploits. And that day, God's revelation to his church. That still little pocket. Positionally stay where you are. 
As Sister Gertie and Sister Angie used to sing here, keep holding on. Don't worry. God's waiting and trying and pressing to get at the mystery of God revealed to His church. That's what's holding back the coming of Christ down the great millennium. Is this great supernatural power that really lays dormant in the church? Many a man standing in the pulpit this morning preaching a social gospel, but down in his heart he really believes that there is the power sufficient. Yeah. What he wants to see is that put his power and his beauty. Amen. So thankful to see it coming to pass. So glad to see it. Being made manifest. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Bible said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God in his infant mercy, by his word, not some mysterious something of something is fanatically, but through the preaching of the word, he's manifesting himself, the risen, living Lord Jesus. Amen. Doing the very same things he did when he was here on earth, he's doing it again. In his power and manifestation. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Hungry, hearty, great man. The great council meeting, not long ago, 1958, I was asked yesterday to represent the supernatural working of God before 600 and something delegates from all the world. God carries them to 1958 to be in Boston, Massachusetts. One of the ministers, this great man with the chairman of gospel, David Quincy, said, Brother Branham, when all the delegates of the world is gathered together, the Christian nations from everywhere is gathered together at this great world council, so just the speaking of the word. And the power to reveal the Holy Spirit standing present. He said evangelicals from everywhere will sway in. And when they get a taste of it in the real gospel, he'll turn the Gentile dispensation and issue in the Lord Jesus. Amen. God can't be just and let honest hearts lay out there and sizzle in hell for it. He's got to be just and he's got to get it to him somehow. Amen. We're in the last days. The revelation of Jesus Christ. God gave unto him to show unto his servants things that shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel. Angel, how's he going to signify? God gave the revelation of Jesus Christ to a servant, prophet, on the Isle of Patmos, signified. By an angel. Amen. Amen. I hope you see it. Isn't he wonderful? Watch what John was. Just read another verse and we'll close. Who bear record of the word of God. Wasn't off on some tantrum. He wasn't sitting back there as a social gospel. He stayed right with the word. He bore record. How can the he bear a record unless the word be made manifest of what he preaches. If the word is a seed and the seed will produce, how can I say there's a cornfield there unless the seed produces exactly corn? Is that right? God was bearing record through John that he was preaching the word of God. Amen. For record, the word of testimony of Jesus Christ and of things which he saw. 
Blessed is he that readeth. How many wants a blessing? Then read it. Isn't that marvelous? Blessed is he that readeth. And they that hear the word. And of the prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Oh my, we just to go into it right now. Look, when is the time at hand? When the revelation of Jesus Christ has been revealed to the body of Christ. And Christ has been revealed, not dead but alive, living in his church, doing the same things he did, the same ministry, the same gospel, the same signs, the resurrected Christ, when he's revealed by his angel into the church, then the time is at hand. And never a time since that day until this has the mystery of Jesus Christ ever been revealed until these last few years. Then the time is at hand. Watch the world in its natural. The atomic, the hydrogen, the cobalt, all the bombs and things they got. The whole world is trembling. Everything is shaking and trembling. All nature's groaning. You know that. I know that. The Pentagon knows that. Russia knows that. England knows that. The world knows it. The time is at hand. What's making nature quiver the way it is? Because the time is at hand. This church of its deliverance is a perfect type of Israel in the deliverance. When Israel took its stand upon the pure, holy, unadulterated Word of God, it was going to stand and took its march. Moses led the children of Israel with a little bread and kneaded bread on top of their head, kosher, and they marched to the Red Sea. God's path led them right up to the Red Sea. Well, they said, now how are we going to get across? And somebody looked back and said, look, coming yonder. The dust is aboard There's thousands and thousands of Pharaoh's chariots right behind it. That mixed multitude it went with them again to quiver and shake, which followed, finally perished with the gainsaid of Korah. No doubt for what the very nature of the hills shook. Go to see one of the most bloody massacres that you've ever seen. A poor little helpless bunch of people. Standing there on the side of the sea, little children backing up against mom and old in her dress. Poor old dad leaning against her boy crying. Saying, son, I live my days, but I hate to see you going. Look, coming out of Oh, nature who dreads death. Even the flowers, the trees, and everything else that dreads death. Nature quivered and groaned and shook under their feet. When they seen that bloody massacre coming, what was God doing? But all the time, they failed to realize, hanging right down there stood a supernatural power. A halo of God, a pillar of fire hanging there. That would stand between them and that enemy when it comes time to stand. Nature quivering. The sea began to get nervous. (laughs) The moon looking down and quivering. The birds flew from the scene. The animals run back. Oh, why look at this 
murdering of millions of people going to die in a few minutes. And they were all grown. But what was they doing? They were following the path of God. Amen. It seemed foolish. It seemed crazy. But they were walking in the light. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. Walking in the light. Amen. You remember when we used to sing that song? We'll walk in the light. That beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy are bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. He's raised from the dead. He's here before us. He shows signs and wonders infallibly. Not some fanatic stuff, but the Bible signs and wonders that He's with us and He's leading us on. And we're coming to a place and there ain't bombs. There ain't cobalt bombs. Oh my, and a proclamation rising up now to stop all interdenominations and consolidate to a one great big evangelical church of the Protestants, which will cooperate and join him with Catholicism to combat communism. It's a work of the devil. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. God never did associate Satan church together. Amen. God leads his church and don't expect political leaders to lead them. Amen. Not even church politics. Every man that's born to the Spirit of God is free. Amen. Amen. Here she is right up here at the end now. The people's beginning to look around. Oh, what can we do? What can we do? Amen. Oh, how foolish it is to say, what can we do? Amen. Just look to him that's leading. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What are we going to do, brother, you who passed 30 years old? Sister, you are gray-headed and dead sitting by you. You who are sick and afflicted, you can look at your hands. Every time you look at one another, you know one thing, certain you're going to die. Every time you hear an ambulance go down the road, it speaks death right ahead of you. Every time you pass by a graveyard and see a tomb, it says death ahead of you. Every time you see a wrinkle coming in a face or a gray hair or a stooped shoulder, it says death ahead of you. Oh, but how happy the Christian can stand right at the brink of the Dead Sea. Moses turned his face to God and he began to pray. That pillar of fire came down. Stood between them and the danger of darkness to them. If you refuse light, it'll turn to darkness every time. And it was darkness to them, but it was marching orders to these to go on. And when they got to the sea, the sea opened up a great east wind coming from the very direction they were, going over the top of the heads of Ariel, come down and scooted back the sea. And the sea got scared because God ordained a path through the thing. God was showing his love to his children. He likes to get you in a tight place sometimes so he can just manifest himself. As the shepherd once said, he broke the sheep's leg. So what did you do that for? Said, so I could feed her, love her. And prove to her I love her. There you are. So then she'll follow me. Things which must shortly come to pass. And it's signified by a tram. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. Oh my. From him which is, which was which is to come. Jesus, watch three things. Which was, which is, which is to come. The same 
yesterday, today, and forever. A little later on in the scripture, the next chapter, he said, I, same chapter, he said, I am he that was dead and is alive again forevermore. And have the keys. Not some church, Peter, or cathedral, or Rome, or, or the Episcopalian, or the whatever it is. Got a key. That's the key to fellowship. But I have the keys of death and hell. Amen. Oh, don't you love him today? He has the key to your joy. He has the key to your happiness. He has the key of your deliverance from the grave. I have the key of death and hell. Hades. I can unlock the supernatural. I can unlock the natural. I've got the key of death and hell here in my hand. Oh, there is a fountain open. Come take to the waters of life freely. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. When sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. When you come back up from there, brother, you'll never have to take a rabbi, priest, or preacher's word. In your heart, there's something that's mellowed you to a fellowship. There's something that's made all old things pass away, and things have become new. There's something that loves you there, and something that's in your heart. Paul said there's nothing present, nothing future, and in your sickness or peril. Nothing could ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. No backsliding, no ups, no downs, no nothing else. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Sickness, sorrow, hunger, strife, differences in the church, difference of opinion. No matter what it is, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Don't you want to plunge today while we pray? The sister, would you come here just a minute while we bow our heads in a word of prayer? Just before praying, I wonder if someone in the church, the little group here this morning would say, Brother Branham, Remember me. I'm lifting my hand. I'm sorry I had to chop the message up this morning the way I did, but just got a few minutes because I got to be at another place in a short time. And uh, another service coming off, and I got to go right away. And I want to pray for the sick before going. But just while you're here, are you convinced? Have you really passed from death to life? Is your name really been initiated, really remembered? Is it on God's book today? Oh, are you at peace with God in the world? Has all the old things passed away and everything's become new? Is there a real, royal, rich, brotherly, godly something in your heart that you know that the world can't give? Are you loving sinners so well that when you talk to them, you just become one of them? Paul said he'd give his life. He would be a castaway. If God would only save some of his sinner friends. In other words, his people, the Jews who were against him. Is that kind of a religion you got this morning, friend? If it is, then there's a fountain. It's all filled with love. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins. By faith, the only way you can do it, there are sinners plunge their souls right beneath that flood. It's a work of God. What happens? Lose all. Your guilty state is left behind you. Like Pharaoh's army was left behind Israel. All the instructions. Not the emotions, the instructions. If Moses would have followed the emotions of the people, 
that have been running all over the mountains screaming and Pharaoh's army would have got them. But they followed instructions. God said, stand still now and see the glory of God. Just stand still. You don't have to be excited. Stand still and see the glory of God. For this day, God will fight and you'll stand still. They just walked across the sea. And the, the uncircumcised, unimpersonators trying to do so drowned in the sea. Father God, this little bitty flock to this morning. But there's real men and women sitting here that's your children that believed and loved you. I pray, God, for them. Maybe some of them have never accepted you yet, never really had the experience of all the old carnal things of the world dying out. They just lived on a church confession. They've told people and told others. Maybe they've been baptized or something. And in Christian articles, but never really have ever been saved. They don't really know what it is. Maybe they've just been mentally, emotional, intellectually professed Christians, thinking that they're right. Now I said in that word, there is a way that seems right unto a man. Seems like it's right. You got it. But the end thereof is the ways of death. God let every man and woman, boy or girl, search your heart at this time. Not them, but let the Holy Spirit search them. And if they will make up in their heart, yes, I believe I've been wrong. I really haven't never got to that place yet to where all those things have passed away. Now, and I, Father, accept you just now to be my help while you're knocking at my heart. You're still calling me or you wouldn't be talking to me like this. And may they raise up their hands, not to me, but to you. And by doing so, say, from this day henceforth, Lord, I'm taking myself up to the river of self-denial. I'm taking myself up to the river of death. There I'm plunging beneath to lose everything that's wrong with me, all my habits and uncleanliness of my thoughts, all my differences, my quarrels and arguments and tempers and, and all these things. I'm plunging them right beneath the flood that when I come up, I want to feel like the gospel said that I should. Clean, ready, with a pure heart, real love for my fellow man, no matter how cruel they are. I still love them. I want to enter into a fellowship with thee so I will feel to my enemies like you do. I want to really know it, Lord. Well, we can't play with it now. It's too late. We might be gone after today. We might be gone after five minutes from now. We'll never have another chance. God let men and women think of this solemnly sitting in this little church today while we ask it in Christ's name and while your heads are bowed. I wonder if there would be one raise your hand and say, God, remember me, I'm the one who wants that experience with you. I'm raising my hand. Now, if you haven't got that real positive assurance, just raise your hand. God bless you, too. God bless you, ladies. Everyone that's not positive, you got God bless you, sir. God bless you, sister. Now, something, God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. You're not real positive. See? 
Whenever you go through, brother, nature, all that you are, change. Oh, yes, I believe, Brother Branham. But if it's just an intellectual affair, you're believing because you have a mind to believe. That's not what I'm talking about now. I mean, you really have been saved. You've been sealed by God's eternal love. That you can love the people. That's unlovely to you. It's such a place that you can stand before them, hold their hands, and not, not with fanatics, or fanaticism, rather, but with a real true heart so he can feel it. He knows where you're putting it on or not. Take hold of his hand. Dear beloved brother, I, I, I've been in the wrong. I, I pray you forgive me. I, I love you. And of that kind of an attitude, can you really from your heart do that? Can you... Can you lay aside all the things of the world just to serve him? Does he become first place in your life? If so, bless you, and his blessings will be on you. If not, accept him just now, and he will bless you, and his blessings be on you. Wouldn't you rather have him smiling at you? I'd rather have him to smile on me and every person in the world hate me. Of course, I believe if he smiles on me and loves me, the people will love me too. All his children will. And he'll fix me in such a condition that I can love the unlovely like he did because his spirit would be in me. Once more, before we pray, if there's any has not raised their hands and wants to be remembered in this prayer, will you put up your hand? God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. That's right. All right. God bless you, sonny boy. Now, he sees you. There's a record taken right this morning. You remark my words. If you class me in which by honor you set and by love you class me to be God's seer. Remember, this is on the books of heaven. He's present. Wouldn't you like to live where you're conscious that the unseen world's right with you all the time? To realize when you walk out here and get in your car, angels take their positions to the side of you? When you walk up there under that man so unlovely to you? That the Holy Spirit standing right above you and angels all around you? Is that right, Brother Branham? The Bible said so. The angels of God are, are camps about those. They don't go back to heaven. They camp there. They're sent on missions to watch you through life's journey. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Now, Heavenly Father, time will not permit us. We feel your Spirit just moving through us. And we love you because the Holy Spirit loves the Word. He gets in the Word, and He takes the Word and reveals it, opens it up. And otherwise, He reveals Jesus through His Word. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was made flesh, which is Christ. And now the Word turns right back around and reveals again and makes manifest the risen Christ. Not a historical one. Oh, God made the church see that this morning. But it's a revelation. The Word bringing it to life. The Word itself revealing the resurrected Lord Jesus. And He's in our midst. Waiting for a time that we can all be coped together. And he can march us into the millennium. Triumph as a victor. Oh God, bless those who raise their hands. They're desiring 
that lovely life of full, consecrated, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, dedicated to God, washed in the blood, they long for it. They're waiting now. And may you, not by any other means, but may the Holy Spirit just come down and when they go out of here, may they find out that all those things that they once hung on to is gone. May it be left behind dead. May they go out this morning humble, sweet, loving Christians with faith, believing. May they live so consecrated to thee at the end of their life they would come to thee having this assurance that they pass from death unto life and they know Christ and the power of his resurrection because not is he just a letter or a word or a cycle or a time, but that he is a living, present tense, resurrected Jesus Christ living in their life. Grant it, Lord. He asked it in his name before his glory. Amen.
what happened? Who brought you through? I'm the Lord who heals you. Remember what you said when he started into the room? Remember when you thought that night you had having a heart attack? Oh, God. What do you do? Shut over to the person sitting close to you. Take a hold of their hand. Say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. I'm so glad I'm a Christian, aren't you? Take hands with someone sitting there. There the cross where he took love to feel this joy. I love to worship God in quietness like this. Something that's got some real meaning to it. Just to feel that something's near. What happened at the altar call when those sinners accepted Christ? The angels raised up from their seats. See? That's what makes you feel this way. You read that, Brother Hickson? When the soul is worshiping God, the word's gone forth, see? The Holy Spirit's a blessing and watering now. Father, as the beautiful, sacred presence of the Holy Spirit, now standing here, blessing his children, many times he's had to correct them, for every son that comes to God must first be chastened and tried, receive child training, reproofs, not no exceptions, everyone. But when we endure the correction of our Father, then it yieldeth forth the present and pleasant fruits. I pray, God, that you'll just let each child know that not go away just kind of imagine, but let them know that this is your blessings to them. The censor milk of the gospel pouring down in their souls, milk and honey out of Canaan's land new wine to stimulate them in faith, worshiping them, hearts bowed before thee, hands up, tears running down cheeks, quietly, reverently worshiping Oh, God, I'm so happy. I just love you so, Lord. I want to express to you my feeling, if I can, just in thanksgiving expressing the very adoration of my heart 
But I adore these alma maters now. I love these. Many times in great trials, see an airplane pitching in the air, storm twitching around, and look at the ground below me, just whirling around. Just a little prayer straightens out, knowing to be plunged to death in a minute. Standing out of before witch doctors and devils, and challenging and walking forward. Just a little prayer sets them standing paralyzed. How demons scream and come from your children by prayer. Oh, your love, Lord. See the little one sick. Come say, Daddy, will you pray for me? See you still the fever, quieting the child. Like a mother hushing it on her bosom. How we thank thee. Maybe trouble's coming. We know as we look ahead and see the great stormy tides of death yonder. The David of old said, I'll fear no evil. Start with me. We thank thee. We adore thee. Seeing the souls come to thee, the crippled and afflicted and blind and deaf and dumb being healed as a vindication of your presence. Bless this little audience now as we wait. We thank you for every soul that comes to you. And we pray that you'll bless them exceedingly abundantly today. May from this day henceforth all their trials and troubles will be over. May the war between them and God be settled right now. And they be reconciled to God through the blood of his Son, knowing that he gave his Son to take war between God and man. To reconcile man back to God, who was an enemy once with God, but now has been brought nigh. God has received them as his sons and daughters. Now they're not no more enemies and aliens, but they're beloved children. We pray that you'll let them recognize that. Don't let the enemy take that from their heart, but let, him, let them recognize that you knocked at their heart and they accepted you. Raise your hand. That was it, Lord. And we pray that they'll recognize that and always love you and love their fellow man. For we ask that in Christ's name, amen.
I guess I'm just filled up from the revival. Yeah. Oh, let's sing it again, will you? Let's go and rise and raise your hands. Canada, wherever you're from, this little group of people here from different parts of the nation. Let's sing it out of the cold, rise and lift up our hands. We walk in the light. It's such a beautiful life. It comes where the dew drops under the shine all around the idea. Oh God, he's a light. In the Old Testament, he was a pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. That was Christ, the angel of the covenant. All that knows that's the amen. In the New Testament, he manifested himself in flesh to take away sin, to bring us back to be sons and daughters of God. One day down on the road come a little old sassy Jew, and he was going down to arrest those people who were crying and praising God and prophesying. And what made him? A beautiful life. What body is Jesus in now? A life. The same pillar of fire that he was in the beginning. He met Saul of Tarsus. And the light comes so close to him into his eyes so it blinded him. So why persecutest thou me? said, Who is it, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Today, here he is. With us. He did. He got his picture with us. Isn't he lovely? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then we walk. We walk in the light. He manifests his word. He's alive. Beauty, whole eye. Come where the dew I'll have to stick him up around the altar now. Don't see play cards. Shine all Something come on my mind. I remember one time in a service, I was praying for the sick, and there was a lady that brought to the platform a little crippled girl, and the Holy Spirit was present. And they, now we'll be through just in the next ten minutes. And they brought a little crippled girl, and she was a, a little polio. It was called paralysis, infantile paralysis. And her little legs was drawn up, and she couldn't walk. You know where I was having this healing service? Strange as it seemed, it was in a Dunkard meeting. Dunkard, not Pentecostal, Dunkard. Nobody knew right there in the church. Amen. The Lord just led me there. Amen. They didn't know nothing about the baptism of the Spirit. Talk about heaven on earth. The love settled down just like it did now. Amen. I said, now we'll start the prayer line. I said, all of you with prayer cards, beginning of a certain number, stands in my rank. 
Bind them up. About the second person was a lady packing a little crippled baby, a little girl. The Holy Spirit began to speak about her. And the lady who sits at the piano was playing the great position. Now he's near the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks the drooping hearts to cheer. No other name but Jesus. While she was running down those ivory keys, I had a little ball of oil in my pocket I'd made up. It was olive oil that comes from an olive tree. And I went out and prayed for the sick that night and got the spirit and got the cry. The tears began to run off my face. I had this oil. So I found out this oil was, this tears was spat in this oil. I went and got three other ailments, 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 and anointed into it. I took anoint the little girl with that. I laid my hands up on her and I said, Heavenly Father, you are the great physician. And here you are, here now. And the little girl looked over to me, wiggled, jumped out of my arms, hit the floor, went running down across the floor. Her mother fainted, dunkards, and the lady at the piano looked around and she turned real white, and this collapsed, and the piano continually played. The great physician, now is here, the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks the drooping hearts to cheer. No other name but Jesus. Amen. A little dunker girl sitting out there. I noticed her catching her breath real hard. She never heard of Pentecost. Beautiful little child, long white hair, blonde, fixed up. You know how they dress them little white hats on. It just fell off her head. She raised her hand and began singing. She didn't know what she was singing. She was so in the spirit. And a whole church with one accord come weeping to the altar and accepted the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, baptized them everyone in love. How the weeping and making right and shaking each other's hands take place. That's Pentecost. The same Jesus is here. I don't try to see your kind of think, well, you got your mind on something way off. Well, maybe this or I'll take a chance. You just might as well go back to your seat. That's your settle in your mind. This is it. When you get that, it's over. Until that, it's still there. Now, if you will, move right up as close as you can to the altar and fill up the places. We'll ask for the devil to help you. Here's anointing all. I want Brother Neville to anoint each one as I lay hands on them. Now, if you really believe it, this is it. Really believe with all your heart. Now let's sing real softly, all of us together, as we sing now, the great position. Oh, no. 
your head bowed. Go on your way in peace to him and to bear the name of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, saith the word. And Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. God, may we never, never be guilty of making the gospel so complicated to people that they'd think it was man instead of God. Now we're going to simply follow out the rules. And with these songs and hymns, we have entered into a blessed fellowship with one another. So we have a high priest that's come with us. He's entered in with us. And he can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Many are standing at the altar this morning meeting. And I'm sending forth your beloved and honorable servant, my brother Neville. An honorable man, a just, as Elijah, subject to like passions like Elijah. All of us. And I'm sending forth, you said, let them anoint them in oil. Pray over them, them, the body. Prayer of faith will save the sick. And I'm praying with all my heart, Lord, for every individual here. You know their needs. And I'm praying that you'll heal them. Now, James wrote that to the church under inspiration of the Holy Spirit given to him by God, which was formed before the foundation Amen. of the world. Jesus in leaving said they should also lay their hands on the sick, yeah. and they shall recover. As I'm sending my brother to do the work that James commissioned by the Holy Ghost to anoint, we're coming back also by the commission of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Ghost to lay hands on them, and they shall recover. Amen. Now, Lord, with all my heart, and with Amen. many people this morning joining with me, with all my strength and with all my might, Amen. I pray the prayer of faith for every person standing Amen. Asking that they will not have any doubt in their minds, but they will return to their seat with a sure and perfect confidence that God's commission has been granted to them and His word is sure to be made manifest in their healing. I pray this blessing to them. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Amen. Everyone be
prayed for a little girl and prophesied over about a big thing sticking up on her head, over her face here, how it would go down and be made well. Here's the little girl with every bit of it gone over her face and everything else her mother brings to the glory of God and to show that it's all right up there because it's cast. Sister, Jesus said one time, was not there nine healed? One come and give glory. Thank God for it. Now, honey, the hair will grow back over that. You remember what Brother Branham said to you up there that night? And you'll be perfectly well and normal. And we bow up to give thanks to God now, Father. We thank you for your healing. And we thank you for that loyal mother and lovely little girl who is willing to come and show that Jesus still lives and reigns. Just see that big, ugly-looking thing like a cancer puffed up all over her head and side there, and you heal her and tuck it away. We thank you for it. And we pray now that you'll bless that loyal mother whose heart is thrilled. When the little girl is a woman, may she still be testifying of your praise. Now continue to lay hands on the sick as brother and I anoint you. And may they receive the same kind of blessing as this little girl did. If they could only believe it in childlike faith like the child did, it should be so. Very fine. I'm so happy this morning that we were in the time of worship and having this time of fellowship together, one with the other, while the blood of the Lord Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen. And I, to the strangers in our gates, we want to welcome you back. Come tonight to the evening service. If you're in the city and would like to drop back and be with us again tonight, I'd be very happy. The doors is always open. We have no denomination, no creed, Christ. No law but love and no book but the Bible. Amen. And we want you, we invite you, and uh, you're cordially invited. And I also ask you as you go on your journey, when you leave our city and different parts of the country, to remember me in your prayer as your uh, fellow servant in Christ and in, the, and in the love and fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Amen. i got to leave pretty soon now to, to go into Canada and into California. Frankly, I'm moving to California. So then, I, I want you to be in prayer for me, uh, greatly in prayer for me r now. It's when I've got something, I've got to make a decision right away, see? And it's very strange. It's not, I, I pray that you'll, you'll take me up on your heart and remember me, because I know that the prayer is what changes things. Prayer is what does things for us. And now, Today, I, I'm sorry to keep you this late and keep our dear brother pastor here away from his pulpit. I'm so sorry, but I just maybe don't know. I got to move right quick, and I didn't see any uh, to be little interviews laid on a desk. But while the pastor's taking, I've, uh, brother's come all the way from England. He said to see me just a few minutes, and I want to see the brother. I wish I had time to shake your hands to see you all, but I don't. Now, in order to get a, a, a little interview on these mornings when I'm here, you call my secretary, Brother Cox, sitting here, and he grants those things. That's the reason we have to, we have to make our time so we can lock for those things. For this brother not knowing this and coming from England, I'm supposed to be away from here in the next 12 minutes, so I, I, at 12 o'clock. So I, I got to hurry and get away, and so you all excuse me. I'll go to the room with the brother for the interview for a few minutes, and I'll see you all again as soon as we get back. Pray for me. Services now will be in, in uh, Philadelphia Church Thursday night. We'll be at the um, convention hall this next coming week at the Wednesday night. Thank you, sir. We'll be at the, at the 
the full gospel Christian men fellowship internationally, and I'm to speak the night of the morning of the 23rd at the Lemac Hotel and in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then to the convention hall, I think it is, the following, uh, that night, that's on Saturday, and on on Sunday, I'm at Hart Harbor Tabernacle with uh, uh, Reverend Gordon Peterson, and that's a preaching service, and on Monday night, and Monday all day, is in the convention for five days, then I've got a thus saith the law that takes a woman way in northern Canada. And I'm going up there, wife's going along with me, the kitty, just for a little time. I'm coming back down to to Sue to see my friend Ern Baxter. I got something to say to him in Vancouver. And immediately after that, I go down into Washington to Mr. Rasmussen for one day there for a visit with him. Then I go down to Lock Christiana, California, to set some things in order which my tent was already made and ready to go out on the field now. And so well, I'll probably start on the west coast of California, going down through California and Arizona this coming winter, the Lord's willing, with exceptions of the time open between the meetings for a service to go into Africa again. David Duplicy and many of the men here from Africa that wanted to set up the African campaign was with in this meeting, going to meet up there, we're going to get with Brother Oregon right and have prayer to see where the next meeting will be. You love him? Amen. Then you have to love me. Of course, I'm in. And we love one another. The Lord bless you. Our dear brother, God bless you. Thanks for this. Amen. Amen.